Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 187, episode two of the Daily Zeitgeist, a production Ow. of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. Uh, that was guttural. Yeah. From our <laughs> special guest co-host today. It's Wednesday, June 2nd, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Guess who's back? Back again. It is Jack to do trends and the show TDZ with Miley and Hosney. And all right, that's that's all I got. Uh, and I'm thrilled to be joined as uh, not as always, but as Almost. I am occasionally uh by our special guest co-host, I'm I'm really burgundying it. I, if you have it on the script, I'm gonna read it, assholes. Okay, thrilled <laughs> to be joined by today's very special guest co-host. He is the one-time producer of this show. He is the very talented, very lovely, Mr. Oh, wow. DJ Daniel Goodman. <laughs> it seems to me. You stream sometimes, and for Daniel, that's a win. <laughs> sometimes playing it takes two, and he always wins. Shout out Christy Yamaguchi Man for that Woo! double win-win rhyme. That's okay, fam. It's okay. It was a very last <laughs> second, aka you don't need to feel bad about it. But yes, hello. Hi, DJ Daniel here. So thrilled to be back on the podcast. Wow. And he went with for someone named Daniel. He didn't go with uh, the Daniel song by by Elton John. He, he uh, went, you're right. You know? <laughs> I could have gone with a totally different Elton John song dedicated to me, but alas. Dano, my co-host, you are younger than me. Uh, I should have done it. that. That's on me, bro. Because that uh, song's not good. written from the perspective of Daniel, stripped by his relation. That's fair. Very fair. Very fair. And we are relations. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, as if it's not... <laughs> Enough to have one total asshole on the show today, and DJ Daniel, uh, we got another another one for you. Uh, he is the host of the secretly incredibly fascinating podcast, one of the finest humans that I've ever known. Formerly the host of the Cracked Podcast, a very talented and hilarious human being. He is Mister Alex Schmidt. Wow. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me back. It's an honor. And, uh, and such a nice intro. I think I only laughed over most of it. So thank you for, <laughs> <laughs> for having me. A.K.A. Schmitty the Clam. What's happening, man? Welcome back. Thank you. I'm I'm doing great. I, uh, yeah, we, uh, uh, we're vaccinated. We're healthy. It's summer. Yeah. We're just talking about, I just got engaged. I'm, I'm thrilled about Yay! it. Very excited. There's just a lot of good things going on. This, there this, are uh, a this lot of good time. things. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to you. And your lovely fiance. Mm. Congratulations oh, to you mm. both. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's. I had my optimism for uh, post-pandemic times tempered by having to travel last week and then deciding to travel unwisely uh, this weekend. And <laughs> there you go. Whew, yeah, it's wild out there. We'll we'll actually like get the, to that. Like the airports. Yeah, the but, airports yeah. are wild. The uh, Amtrak is wild. Mm. You know, we did a train trip because mm. the, uh, you know, the the five year old is is super into trains right now. So we did Love that, it. and that was fun. But then, <laughs> I, I don't even know if I should say what we did because uh, we're gonna get <laughs> yeah, demolished. Know, it, but, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, we went to Sea World. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. 
<laughs> you were like, no, I meant it doesn't matter. You don't have to say it. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Jack. No, 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 no. <laughs> because the San Diego Zoo was sold out. And I did all this last minute because that's the kind of guy I am really scrambling. But SeaWorld sucks. Uh, not just <laughs> because of its uh, politics and uh, treatment of animals, but because it is a bad place to mm. go. Mm. All right. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> But the zoo, not a bad place. Alex, you used to work at a zoo. Yeah. Among many interesting things about you, you used to work at a zoo. You are a one-time Jeopardy champion. But the zoo thing is relevant to <laughs> the sentence that I just said. Can you talk about that a little bit, your zoo experience? I think you just listed my two greatest dreams as a child, which I very fortunately <laughs> got to do. I wanted to be a zoo yeah. tour guide and win Jeopardy. And then I did it. Hell yeah. And it was the the Brookfield Zoo outside Chicago. I was a tour guide there. I was a motor safari adventure guide. It's like a three-car tram where you stand on the back or drive in the front. Show people oh, animals. It's amazing. Nice. Yeah. I was, I was picturing you on a motorcycle when you said motor safari. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Chris Pratt in... Jurassic World. Oh, in Jurassic mm. Park? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like I train a bear to be my friend, like that one raptor. Like, yeah, yeah. Come on, come yeah, on yeah. Barry. Yes. And then yeah. it comes with me. And, yeah, I save people. You're just buds. Yeah. You're just buds. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a few of the things we're talking about today. You know, we got a blast from the recent past over the weekend uh, when there was a Q conference or a Q, I, I don't Q-con. know, a do your own research festival. <laughs> and uh, we learned that a lot of people still believe in Q. They were specifically calling for a Myanmar style coup in America. Uh, we'll talk about what that means. We'll also talk about why uh, there's reason to believe the president is still on board the Q train. We will talk about how uh, Americans officially don't know how to act post-pandemic. Uh, Incredible we're not blame them necessarily, but yes, just some. We'll we'll blame a few of them. Yeah, but definitely. yeah, we'll we'll talk about why that is. Uh, some coping mechanisms. We'll talk about possibly the effect weather continues uh, to have on COVID spread and whether that's being underreported. We will talk about the weekend box office. Bafo B.O. Bafo B.O. is uh, back, baby. we all like to say, a phrase <laughs> that we all like to use. Uh, we'll talk about how A Quiet Place 2 did, about what people were hoping it would. And we'll interpret that. Read those tea leaves. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we will, of course, do Anna Hosnier's streaming corner. Yeah. Uh, all of that. Plenty more. But first, Alex, we like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? Yeah, I went and checked, and I recently searched for Wingspan Card Game, because mm-hmm. we we went for, like, one of our first sitting down indoors with peoples has been board game nights, and we played this amazing game where you just gather cards with birds on them and feel like you're one with nature. It's amazing. What? So I bought it. Very exciting. Amazing. Yeah. What, um, it's <laughs> like, uh, sorry. I'm having, I'm having trouble. It's like as real a, life uh, Pokemon cards. Is that what we're seeing? Right. It's like bird <laughs> watching, but indoors, indoor bird watching. Yeah, it's basically, it, it, and it's a beautiful game because every card is a different bird. There's no duplicates. And so you, At you all. just try to catch all of the birds that you want and then lay the most eggs and put the most in a tree. And like, it's competitive, oh, wow. but it's not brutal. You know, a lot of these advanced <laughs> board games, it's like you get mm-hmm. together to to crush each other, you know? And this one, Got you it. just try to get the best birds together. 
And it. yeah, it's just a really nice time. But but the birds do all have like power ups and special abilities. It's that it's a pretty fun way to think about like chickens. I'm talking about. You know? Yes, let's go. Yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. And is it a collector? <laughs> like, do you go and buy a single set that is the same for everybody who buys that single set, or are there? Is it like Magic the Gathering yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, Pokemon where you can get like a super oh. <laughs> bird? Are there gold foil? Are there foil birds? Right, just a hologram eagle or whatever. Yeah, right. exactly, it, uh, exactly. The main box is North America. I've gone very deep on this catalog. They also have a European expansion, so you can get okay. some Euro birds going on. It's nice. it's a whole thing. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, right, well, and I don't know. That's been that's been a very comfy like spending time with people indoors again because there's a game element and you do that and then you you reacclimatize to like seeing other humans besides your one or two or more people in your house. It's great. That sounds like the most civilized post-pandemic activity <laughs> that I can possibly imagine. Definitely. Compared to what we will discuss uh, in, in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> what is something you think is uh, overrated? I think winter can, can go suck a lemon. Don't eat it. We, like, if you're wow. in the Southern Hemisphere, I'm sorry, but uh, we're out of that season and I'm really glad about it. It's, uh, there's <laughs> nothing actually good about it and, and we can forget it. This this is the best time right now. Yeah. Amen. Are you spring? Has spring uh, sprung or are you getting into the summer days uh, where, where you are on the East Coast? Yeah, North Carolina, we're getting real summer. And so it is hot. But I don't know. I, I grew up with winter outside Chicago. And then I went to college in winter in Syracuse. And as soon as I wasn't there, <laughs> I I'd like... I went to college in winter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like when it comes to Syracuse, that is winter. It is a geographic location where winter has come uh, and continues to stay. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't mess around. Yeah. Did you miss it when you lived in uh, Los Angeles? Not even a little bit. It was amazing. Right. I, I, I you just <laughs> I was like, oh, you can just not deal with this. Fantastic. Right. It, it, it was an option this yeah. whole time. Just south of <laughs> us. You know, it was great. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I miss the rhythm a little bit, not enough to ever move away from Los Angeles, but I, I do enjoy just the discomfort and shittiness of uh, that the rest of the country has to put up with. No, uh, it does like kind of break up time a little bit in a, in a way that That's true. makes long term memory easier to comprehend. But it also breaks up outfits nicely. Yeah, that is the one that is the one thing that I miss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> like I, I totally agree with you where it's like winter totally can suck a lemon. I'm not with it. I don't want slush in my boots, but I do miss Thank being you. able to wear a long coat in that fall area right before winter when it's like, oh, it's nice to bundle up a little bit, put a scarf on. I mm-hmm. miss that. Whereas like, I, I, you know, it could be the, the most warming up I will do is putting on slightly thicker sweatpants out here in L.A. And that's it. So, you know, <laughs> I'm, I would love to put a coat on again. That just sounds nice. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. People who grew up in LA like fetishize winter like Miles and Daniel. Mm. They oh. they have winter outfits for no reason. For no absolutely no reason, reason at all. Yeah. It's like maybe for those three days we travel to the East Coast for Thanksgiving right. and that's about it. Yeah, I want I want winter as a treat for a little bit, right? I want I want like I want to briefly watch the peanuts go ice skating in a special there you go. and then <laughs> yes. it's cold outside for the yep. two days a minute and then forget little it. That, that was enough. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, oh, a Perfect. little taste. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is something you think is underrated? I'm going to go with the novel Frankenstein. 
because I I don't know about other people. Sometimes I will read to try to get sleepy, you know, like you read mm -hmm. a little bit of a book and then it knocks you out. And earlier in the pandemic, I was like, how can I just grab a book, Project Gutenberg, what do they have? And mm -hmm. I forgot how good the novel Frankenstein is. I could not sleep. I was like, okay, time for a little sleepy reading. And it was gripping. Like that, wow. that book still works. It's really well done. Uh, everyone should read it if they haven't. It's 200 years old, still fun. Yeah. You know, the Frankenstein's actually the doctor's name, Alex. I don't know <laughs> if you knew that, but. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. You're probably reading it with visions of like Herman Munster in your head, but <laughs> nope. <laughs> Frankenstein was actually the doctor. I, uh, first time I read it, it was very confusing to me. <laughs> I got I got a whole paper to rewrite. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah. The high schooler's going to fail his class. <laughs> Did we all read it in school? I feel, I feel like it comes up in school yeah. and it's one of the few yes, like absolutely. science fiction horror anything mm -hmm. that you get mm -hmm. to read there. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. true. It was like one of the cooler books that you got to read in school. And also, I, I wish they had taught the story about how it was written because wasn't it like a week-long like group party like opium bender like wasn't everybody just like getting drunk and high in a in a cabin writing it together yeah a couple writers all wow. at once and mary shelley was i think 19 or 18 yeah so wow. th this is a basically a high school senior turning out a a globe-spanning significant book in a <laughs> right. party with weird people it's amazing. Oh, yeah. Like, that's the movie. You know, when people say, that's the movie, that's the movie. Right. That. That's the movie. <laughs> there, yeah. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe you shouldn't have told me that in high school, that a 19-year-old <laughs> got fucked up for a week okay. and wrote one of the great works of English literature. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of important culture, I do want to mention something. It's a belated update on a story we've been following loosely uh, and that is the story of Blippi, uh, the children's oh. entertainer, orange and blue. Uh, the is, are his colors, speaking of Syracuse. Mm. Yeah, and <laughs> Chicago Bears. I, I yeah. was surrounded by orange and blue my entire yeah. upbringing. Nice. <laughs> and the Knicks, who uh, unfortunately are will be mentioned later on in mm. this because of certain fans' behavior. But yeah, so uh, Blippi... You know, we we met. We, he came up because he's very popular with children. I've managed to kind of keep my kids away from him for the most part. It hasn't like taken over their lives the way other entertainers have. But he was he one time he shit on his friend's chest on camera uh, when he was a younger man. His name <laughs> back then was Steve Grossman. Uh, That's a good episode of Blippy, though, right? Like you go all out when you're making right. Blippy. That's you got right. you got to bring it. <laughs> can't go halfway yeah. i was just going to yeah. add I, you know not to be a, um actually or here but i do believe it was his friend's ass that he shit on and to me that's just you know like <laughs> i just love that detail and that you know there there is there could be like a prank element to it where someone was sleeping and you you, you know poop you, on their you poop on their chest but but the fact that it was the right. butt seems so much more premeditated it's like you had to stick the ass out and everything and then poop on it i don't know i just I love that. I yeah. feel that detail so crucial and yeah. different, unique to a yeah to a defecation story. <laughs> yeah, we actually uh, just as an update on how I'm doing, Alex. We won't spend an entire episode talking about this. Uh, so, that's, oh yeah, that's where I'm at. 
So but good I is also, how Jack's doing. Good. Now, <laughs> well, I, I also, and I, I don't know if it's partly because you're a parent, but I, I feel like I learn about entire cinematic universes when I talk to a parent because they're like, oh, yeah, Peppa Pig has this whole constellation right. of situations and characters they're in. They're, they're just out there. And then I learn <laughs> them from shows like this. It's great. Yeah. So an important part of the blippy cinematic universe is that he wants pooped on his friend's butt. Mm. And <laughs> now people are up in arms uh, because they have recast Blippy, presumably Steve Grossman, the guy who, you know, created the whole universe and is a big part of the creative team. The Blippy team, Team Blippy, is <laughs> the Blipvengers. Sure. Yeah. But the people Blip are Avengers. acting like, oh, you think we wouldn't notice? You think, what, you thought that <laughs> my kid was going to not see this? Like, they're so mad. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was they did a <laughs> touring stage show of Blippi. And Steve Grossman is just a, a person who started making YouTube videos. He's not a trained entertainer. He's not <laughs> somebody who, you know, you can watch the videos and realize that's like part of the charm is he's just a dude in some wacky clothes who is, you know, you feel like it's your dad's fun friend, I'm assuming. So they cast somebody to play Blippi in the stage show, and they were like, whoa, <laughs> this guy's really good at <laughs> acting, I guess. Is that what you call it? Acting and <laughs> dancing and performing? And so oh <laughs> they tried to bring this other actor in to play the character of Blippi in a video, and people, I'm just going to read some some quotes. Did they not think my extremely observant four-year-old would notice a different dude playing hashtag Blippi? <laughs> Today, there was a new guy portraying Blippi, and I wondered if this is like Doctor Who, where every few years uh, he or she regenerates. So that's mm -hmm. okay. Uh, that's probably a, a fine interpretation. But then one mom wrote, what the heck happened to Blippi? My kid noticed within four seconds that it was a different guy, and she was ticked. Ticked. I don't know. A classic. <laughs> the, one, the one comment that seems like they said, I wish Blippi could just introduce us to his, quote, friend, and maybe he could wear the same outfit, just different colors. Mm. Yeah, like, what? why? Do, it's not a, we're not all trying to trick our kids, guys. Why? Why is everybody, like, reacting like, this was an attempt to like pull the wool over or like it was like a right. pet that had been put out to pasture. And <laughs> like you could just be like, no, oh, there's man. multiple blippies. Blippy is, you know, a company of people. Just treat your kids like, I don't know, like they don't need to be lied to. <laughs> right, right. This could be a little a throwback to the to the Blues Clues era of the big Steve transition when we got new Steve and we had to see Steve walk out the door for the last time and say, Goodbye, kids. It was a heartbreaking handoff that I think maybe some people, maybe our generation or, or m more closely my sister's generation, never recovered from that, that mm. final goodbye to Steve where they're like, you know what? We just need to hard cut from one to the other. We can't have this, this like, we can't put them out to pasture because then they'll, they'll be too sad to watch the other blippy go. And it's like, uh, uh, I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe it worked. Maybe it didn't. I'm, I'm not sure here. Yeah. Yeah. And and also, we just need a more peaceful transition of power between the blippies, mm. right? Mm. Like our blippy yeah. system mm. depends on a smooth recognition of the, the next blippy who won the election, right? <laughs> we got we to keep that <laughs> right. stable. Well, they I'll forgot to let the, the white smoke go. The white smoke that was like the new blippy has been elected. <laughs> 
and right. uh, old Blippi <laughs> show now uh, passed the giant hat off, or the, the the orange glasses off from one to the other. Wow, I do wonder <laughs> how much the people who are up in arms over the Blippi transition have in common with like people who were at the QCon. I wonder if there was like a small <laughs> offshoot of like people being like, "What is this shit?" <laughs> Anyways, keep your eyes open, guys. That's all I'm saying. Blippy, you know, they're going to try and fool you with this new mm-hmm. Blippy. Don't buy it. Don't buy it. I'm a Blippy originalist. <laughs> yeah. I also, I just from what you guys said, I really like that the, the original Blippy, it looks like his real name was Steven Grossman, but his stage name was Steven John. Like for some reason, his stage name was Steven. I feel. I feel like it hmm. was huge news for the Steven community that this guy Wait, existed. And then also, oh, the poop thing. But he's really a Steven. Okay, we're fine. He's not one of us. <laughs> like us Stevens are fine. This is this is different. Wait, how is Steven spelled? It's S T E V I N in the thing I'm reading. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I respect it. Wow. There's a guy named Steven, and he was like, I really need a stage name. Steven. Nah. <laughs> pretended to be a Steven. I don't know. Again, one of those times when it seems like somebody was forced to make a binding, permanent <laughs> decision within a second, like at gunpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, Ste- <laughs> Evan? Like, was somewhere between oh. using his name and Kevin. And just, there you uh, go. Yeah. Yeah, like when you have two ideas for how to say a sentence and they, <laughs> you're in the middle yeah. of doing it. Yeah, totally. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break and we will be right back to talk about less important things. And we're back and we all got a, I don't know if it was a rude awakening but you know i think i think we've been aware that the q the q movement is still out there still going strong but had a big weekend last weekend there was a texas convention where uh, various speakers including a congressman and uh, michael flynn just you know repeated the lies that the q movement is based on like the foundational lies that it's stolen uh, Michael Flynn even when when asked like why America hasn't had a Myanmar style uprising or coup, uh, which in case you're not familiar, that means that like protesters are shot, journalists are put in prison, mm. and uh, a new undemocratically elected government is put in into power by the military. He said he thinks that would be great that we should have that. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> And I think it's easy to dismiss the Q movement as sort of a collection of delusional, you know, narcissists shouting, do your own research as their singular argument for every bizarre belief they've made up, because like that is what it is. But it also I feel like, first of all, Trump is totally on board with this. Maggie Haberman just announced that he's been saying that he fully believes that he will be reinstated as president by August. And that's like where his sort of laser focus on the audits. Uh, just keep, just keep moving from. those goalposts back. Just keep moving it back a little bit more. It was it was March for the first storm. And now it's August. He's oh, going to be yeah. like October. I'm telling you, October. That's going to be the month. <laughs> but they're 
leaning into a new thread, which is that America needs to have a Myanmar-style coup where the military deposes the democratically elected ruler and installs their own. Like, as like that that feels significant to me. I know it's easy, like a lot of people, <laughs> yeah. but but and like especially because like I feel like in the mainstream media, there's this division where it's like, ah, oh, the Q movement is silly, but it's being led by Donald Trump, who is also leading the Republican Party, like fully the way no like is more powerful, has more power in that party than I feel like any individual has ever had in one of the major parties in in like U.S. history. Like he just determines what happens there. Yeah. So I don't know. Less than three years, we're going to have a major presidential election where one of the major parties platform is this is QAnon shit is stop the steal and is basically tacitly in approval of an armed uprising. Yeah. And if, if I remember right, the previous election, like the 2020 official Republican <laughs> platform, the platform was just a one page document stapled to the front of the 2016 platform. And it said, we support Donald J. Trump. That was yeah. the, that was they didn't they didn't have yeah. like issues for i think the first time in, in an american election the major party no. wasn't like this is our candidate and also this is what we believe they were just like no this this wonderful strange man that's our entire platform yeah. <laughs> anyway this is democracy that's what we like <laughs> right and any and any issues at all that were brought to the table were just to refute them we're gonna be like that's not a thing we don't believe in that climate change we're not yeah. you know that's a that's a liberal hoax right there it's just everything is Everything is anti. You're right. There's there's no ground to stand on. That's upsetting. Yeah. And I feel like th this is because it's been politicized and because Democrats recognize that it's been politicized. They are, you know, the right wing, like a right wing terror group or a group that's threatening to overthrow the government is being treated more passively by the mainstream than like if. A, a congressman and a former, you know, major military official were talking about overthrowing the U.S. government for any other cause, it would be like the end of the news cycle. But just because of all the normalization that has happened and because of the Fox News advantage that the right has where they, you know, have all mainstream commentators and mainstream Democrats frightened of being attacked that they just this is being treated more passively than it would if any left-wing group like made similar claims it's just because yeah. of what has gone on with the republican party and like how the democrats have just kind of been controlled by the right-wing media over the last you know 15 years it's we're now at a point where they're gonna get away with this yeah and i wonder how much of this just springs from most Americans don't know anything about Myanmar. Like you can just they switch governments <laughs> right. in Myanmar. And it's like, yeah. well, I want to switch governments, not learning right. anything more. Great. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seems to be working out well. Oh, really? Yeah. Are you are you following Myanmar? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> still a country, right? Yeah. But I don't know. We I, I remain really thrilled about the previous election because there won't be a Republican president until January of 2025 at the yeah. earliest. Feels good. Right. Uh, and yeah. I, I think they're not processing it very well. Uh, it seems to be the issue. <laughs> yep. Well, speaking of not processing it very well, 
don't, so pe- people are seemingly uh, waking up to the fact that sports fans act badly a lot of the time, but mm-hmm. it, I can't tell if it's more now than there's ever been in the past or if it's just we're kind of more looking for it. But what is uh, unavoidable is that like there's there's been a continuation of a trend we talked about on last week's shows where someone threw a water bottle at Kyrie Irving after he called Boston sports fans out for being hostile and racist. And Mm -hmm. the fan base spent days accusing him of overreacting and being dramatic. And then they were like, yeah, you're so over overreacting that Mm -hmm. we're going to prove you exactly right. Confirm all of the beliefs in one swift moment. (laughs) Spectacular. It was like, Culturally, there was so much riding on him not throwing a water bottle at Kyrie Irving that he just like couldn't help himself. <laughs> and then a fan at a Sixers game, which I think th- this one is <laughs> a type a type of mania that has been less covered, but is equally there. A fan at a Sixers game on Monday night ran onto the court and had to be tackled and like arrested. Um, which is more the diffuse mania of just like people just having so much energy and not knowing yeah. how to act. And <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you guys have like yeah. anecdotally experienced anything. I was on an Amtrak train where a passenger uh, who is shockingly a, a white male refused mm. to wear a mask and spent 15 minutes calling the conductor of the train a bitch uh, and everything else he could get his <laughs> brain on before she stopped the train and kicked him off nice which is kind of cool to just nice kick someone off a train like just between stops there you go (laughs) no ticket i know i know trains go fast but what a gentle form of transportation to go wild on (laughs) yeah like where the the gondola's taken come on (laughs) come on (laughs) like yeah chill out I was at I was at a Bevmo over the weekend getting a supplies for a Memorial Day party, and there were uh, a couple people there who were so amazed by the size of a liquor bottle that they were almost running around the store with it, just going, "Can you believe this thing? Look at the size of this!" And um, it scared my girlfriend a little <laughs> bit, and uh, you could tell everybody else was like, "Can you please calm down? We're in a Bevmo, right. <laughs> sir. Yeah. This is a Bevmo." <laughs> There's plenty of bev for everyone. Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> was it like a magnum bottle? It was, like, yeah, it was. I mean, it was yeah, a larger was, than average of bottle. Of course, it was. It was right. a very large liquor bottle. But I feel like at this point, you know, I, I feel like I've seen enough music videos to know what a bottle of that size looks like, and I would see it and simply identify it. Like, ah, this is one of those bottles. Yes, I've seen these before in the movies and the television, as opposed to like. Can you believe this? I feel like an ant next to this giant bottle of tequila. It's right. Like, please, sir, please. Like literally pacing around the store, just bottle in hand, like trying to show other people. It was like, what What are you doing? What are we doing here? Right. Again, this is a Bevmo. <laughs> right. The sports stories make me think of I'm going to a sports game on Friday, a minor league baseball game here in Durham oh. for the first like sporting event in forever. And then also, I, I follow the major league team, the Chicago White Sox, and their most recent rainy game, there was a streaker, apparently, and then also the streaker tried to hide in the tarp that they put over the field for the rain. <laughs> so I think I think there's Amazing. some innovative human behavior in yeah, this, in this oh new God. era uh, that's opening up. That's kind of groundbreaking. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do wonder, like, how much of so you know there's been a lot of conversation about like anxiety like people feeling post-pandemic anxiety i think people 
are understanding yeah. what social anxiety is for maybe the first time now mm-hmm. that they've spent a year, uh, you know, in in solitary. Uh, and so I think we like alcohol was built to deal with that. Like alcohol yes. is yes <laughs> so good at helping with social anxiety. And when you have social anxiety, as somebody who has spent a lifetime treating social anxiety with alcohol, I think there's something unhealthy about just having that crutch that is like your solution. And there's like unprocessed conflict that is just going to come out in energy in some unhealthy way. Uh, If if you're just taking problem, apply booze, it's going to be fun. But uh, occasionally you're going to try and uh, hide in the tarp as they uh, cover the <laughs> cover the field during a rain game. It, to me, it sounds like Gus yeah. forgot how a slip and slide works. It's like you go over the tarp. You need to, you need to oh. go on top of the tarp to get the full you know advantage of the water on the you know and really get a nice slide going. But I mean, under the tarp is new. I mean, I don't know. You don't go right. off. <laughs> go off. Right. The cops are like, well, it's been years since he used a slip and slide. I yeah. think we can give him a break. <laughs> right. I mean, it's hard to remember the exactly. system. Exactly. <laughs> there is, I, I feel like one consequent trend or like parallel trend is that people are being a little bit more respectful of athletes as people, like as humans. Hmm. I mean, they're they're experiencing shit that no human should have to experience, but I do think that it has been commonplace in the past. For instance, Russell Westbrook got popcorn dumped on him after an injury, which mm. is fucking horrible. But I do think it is also something that wasn't all that unexpected coming from Philadelphia sports fans, right? Who threw yeah. batteries at Santa Claus during an <laughs> Eagles game in the in the eighties? But uh, so Naomi Osaka, who's the best tennis player in the world, just. So she was like, I don't want to do the press because I have anxiety around talking to the media. And it makes being part of a major like a very unhealthy uh, atmosphere for me. Mm-hmm. And Major League Tennis, I'm going to call it. That's not the name, but. No, you got a Major League Tennis, the MLT. <laughs> MLT. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the National Football Tennis. That's, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's the one. Uh, was like not really that supportive. That's what NFT stands for. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> football tennis. <laughs> Thank you. That's how I explain uh, it to my bros. <laughs> All right. Yeah, exactly. So NFT, think of it as a <laughs> <laughs> nasty football tennis dog. Oh, man. Dog. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but so she was basically like, I feel like shit when I have to face the media. Um, that makes sense to me because the media kind of views athletes, especially athletes in like these individual sports as both like adversary and thing to exploit and uh, not necessarily as like a person who they're looking out for. Um, So she ended up withdrawing from the French open and has seen some criticism, but I think for the most part, people think it's progress that somebody can be like, I need, a break for my mental health to uh like not not play tennis and be on a national uh stage and be like constantly interviewed real. which i think is cool yeah 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 i think i think anybody criticizing her should watch the entirety of a sports press conference 
Oh it's not God. it's not a valuable use of time for anyone involved. And the sports writer should find some other way to produce something about the game, like watching it. Right. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, when you hit that one ball, uh, can you tell us what you were thinking? Like, <laughs> as, as the ball yeah. went over the net and went where you wanted it to go, <laughs> were you like, <laughs> nice? <laughs> um, yes. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> yeah, essentially, I was just uh doing the thing that i practice 40 mm-hmm. hours uh, a day and <laughs> it uh paid off in that moment mm-hmm. no me no 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 and then like 40 other hands go up and ask an equally inane question and then so that's that would be one thing is if they were just asking really dumb questions but then they yeah. get like crushed for saying something that is like misinterpreted in some way uh, and the only <laughs> The only, like, I I think I mentioned this on last week's show, the only, like, classic (laughs) moments from press conferences are where athletes and coaches become laughingstocks. Like, the practice uh, and playoffs. I I actually use Jim Moore as cadence from playoffs for Allen Iverson's practice, but uh, that's fine. Honestly, perfect in its own way. But anyways, (laughs) there's other post-pandemic things happening, like New York is deciding whether to keep to-go cocktails as a thing once we open back up, which I I personally feel like, like I, I was like, yeah, maybe that's like slightly irresponsible, but I don't know, maybe, maybe it's fine. But then I saw that the people who are lobbying against it is uh, liquor stores. So it's like, <laughs> oh, you're just, ah, right. <laughs> uh, you're just mad that people are drink- consuming a more responsible uh, amount of liquor and paying more for it. I'm hoping that the response from this whole thing is to take things from it and not completely push to the side. Like if that was then, yes, put it away, put it away, put it away. Right. Not thinking about it again. No more, no more of this <laughs> pandemic. We it didn't exist, didn't happen. It's like let's take, let's learn from that whole thing and evolve. It's great. Yeah, I mean, it's great. It's great. It's great. It's relative. Let me let me let me walk that back right. a little bit. We Pandemics can evolve are great. and be yeah. yeah. <laughs> we could be we could be better from the shared traumatic experience that we all had. Let's do yeah. that. For sure. That's the that's hey, the take. <laughs> Dan, Daniel, when you when you said put it away, put it away, I was imagining that huge Bevmo bottle. You're like, just, just yes. shove it back in the, the shelf. <laughs> Sir, please like, put it back, like put it away. Put it away. Under the weight of it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I was imagining a shirtless Anthony Kiedis. Uh, oh. <laughs> put it away, put it away, put it away now. Is that the one where yeah. he's like covered in silver paint? Or anyway. Oh. Uh, I'm from a generation where there were things called music videos. (laughs) I like I like that all the famous Red Hot Chili Pepper outfits are either like body paint or one sock. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's what they're famous for dressing in. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Oh, Jack, you are 100 percent right about that one. Good call with the silver body paint. Yeah, yeah. I had to watch a whole two seconds of this music video to (laughs) confirm that. Yep, you are right. (laughs) This is the one. (laughs) And just really enunciating the hell out of some words. Uh, in that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I do want to, this is more of a, I'm having trouble processing this strand of the COVID story. Uh, and I wanted to just kind of get you guys' thoughts on what you've seen of it. So basically there, there's an article in the Associated Press that is, you know, Europe sees a drop in the virus just in time for summer, uh, summer tourism. Uh, in time for summer, Europe sees dramatic fall in virus cases, and it never once mentions a relationship between climate and the weather that 
locations experiencing and COVID trends. And that's something that we like talked about before. And then it kind of like it went away, despite the fact that we gave it the TDZ bump. I can't believe it wasn't <laughs> like all over the news the next day. Um, but <laughs> like how many shots is that bump? Is that one yeah. or is that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there you go. At the same time, there was like a story in the Wall Street Journal about how like southern states have largely faced a lower risk of transmission during the winter and spring months because people spend more time outside and also it tends to be more humid there. So like in northern states where people were spending time inside because of heating, which dries out the air indoors, they just didn't see as high a transmission And that's especially notable when you realize that they are also among the lowest in terms of people getting vaccinated. So it's just weird because when you read the whole AP article, they don't mention this once. But then you read the Wall Street Journal article and uh, I'll just read this one paragraph. These are outdoor societies and the effects of the outdoors is much greater than the public appreciates, said Marty Macri a cancer surgeon and epidemiologist at Johns Hopkins University, someplace called Johns Hopkins. I don't know. Uh, He said airflow, (laughs) seasonality and outdoor culture are probably primary drivers of the reduction in cases. And that's like when you look at the time when America had its worst spikes, it was like during the winter. And when you look at like times when it sort of went down, uh, it was during the summer. And now we're like at a good place. But I don't know. It just feels like one of those things where, and I think this just generally uh, applies to both parents talking to their kids about Blippi and uh, the mainstream media (laughs) talking to Americans that like just tell the truth, like just trust people to have access to the truth. I just feel like anytime you're hiding something because you're afraid that it's going to be like used by this group or that group. It just fucks things up. It makes it like overall harder for people to trust the mainstream media. If that's what's going on here, that they're just like hiding this fact because they think it'll make people act more irresponsible uh, during summer months. Yeah, they really they really should just go ahead and tell people everything like you can you can borderline tell your child that Blippi pooped on his friend's butt. Right. Yeah. Children understand poop and butts and the I same, mean, uh, you know, maybe uh, more in a, than in a more serious else. way. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> but in a more serious way. Yeah. Tell tell people how this public safety needs to work. We, we've had such chaotic messaging throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Really, really rough. It's been chaotic messaging, I feel like, on on everything. There, there should there should be an, an honesty board that's that's like, here's how well, I mean, I feel like it's just um, what's that that blog that just rates things like pants on fire or. Or Politifact, right? Oh, it's Politifact. It's <laughs> yeah, like it, you know, I, but yeah, Politifact or whatever it is should just be a part of how news gets reported in general, because like this, the spin does not help anyone get a better idea of how we need to move forward as a society. Yeah, right. But then Politifact has its own issues. It does have its own issue. Yeah, exactly. That's fair. Right. They keep lighting all these pants on fire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that cannot be good for the need pants. Be good. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. It's got to be bad for the environment, right? That's a lot of carbon being released. (laughs) The pants burning? I think so. (laughs) 
And we're back, and we are joined by super producer Anna Hosnier! Woo! Woo, woo, woo! Hey. Hi! <laughs> <laughs> and I saved a, a, a bow anecdote for you. For, oh. uh, so, yesterday oh is first time in a, in a long time being in public. Mm-hmm. We're on the train. He picked up my Diet Coke half full smelled it deeply and then said in a voice that was loud enough for the whole train car to hear it oh, smells yeah. it smells like the coronavirus um, <laughs> <laughs> just like, you fucking burned me man yes yes both yeah. a legend it doesn't really make sense wow oh my gosh you guys were blacklisted on that train <laughs> And it was annoying hey. because I was already refusing to, I was refusing to wear my mask. So, <laughs> Jeez. Like, come on, ma'am. Incredible. This is going to hurt my ability to argue with the conductor. <laughs> <laughs> Tell that story as if it wasn't me. <laughs> Smells like coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah, by the way, did I show you guys my new giant bottle of tequila? Look at it. Look at it. It's so big. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like this right here. I guess my question is, how does Bo know what coronavirus smells like? That's the question that we all He's have. He's just like, uh, chemicals? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, this Diet Coke is not good for you, man. <laughs> yeah. That would be amazing if he was, like, if babies born at the time, or, like, who were... Uh, infants at the time of coronavirus like could smell the coronavirus like that was the stupid <laughs> superpower that they developed oh wow <laughs> anyways that's that my theory incredible. uh now i'm using him as a coronavirus sniffing dog <laughs> uh, for all things all right that's enough anecdotes about children let's uh-huh. talk about a quiet place too because the box office is back baby yeah. Did anybody see A Quiet Place? AQP2? Not yet. Mm-hmm. Not, not yet. Have you guys gone to a movie since things have reopened? Also not yet. Yeah, we were. There's a, an Alamo draft house in Raleigh, and we were actually thinking about going, but we have not gone Ooh. yet. Yeah. But we feel like comfortable. I think we're ready to do it. Get the food yeah. and the beer and everything. Hell yeah. I think I'm yeah. waiting for the whole Fast 50. Fast 50. <laughs> fast and Furious 50. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll go oh. back. <laughs> I feel like it's still down a little bit. It didn't hit 60 million, which is what people were expecting at 57. So it's close. But I think like the reviews were so good. The there was such little competition that I think this is still a sign that like people aren't quite as willing to go to movies until you don't have to wear a a mask the whole time would Mm. be my guess and can just wear it, use a mask as a popcorn muzzle, which is how I plan to. (laughs) repurpose my mask corn muzzle yeah hell yeah the old feedback love it. the old popcorn feedback well I, I also don't know if i like miss the theater I've, I've i of the things i have missed in the pandemic like especially when it was winter and we couldn't do stuff outside that was hard but but the movie theater yeah that's probably not top 10 I'm right like, yeah yeah I, i'm probably there with you even though it used to be like my favorite thing to do it's also like uh, although uh, outdoor movie theaters and like drive throughs are a one of those things from the pandemic that I hope hangs around because those are those are really nice and fun. That's cool. Yeah, those those existed before the pandemic. I know, but they they weren't as common. I feel like maybe <laughs> right. I think they came back. 
(laughs) (laughs) My awareness, I hope, persists that those Mm. exist. Mm. (laughs) All right. It is time, of course, for Super Producer Anna Hosnier's streaming corner. Uh, We need to get you a drop. I already have one. Okay, let me hear it. I have a theme song. Remember? Uh, Wait, hold on. How did it go? (laughs) Um, oh wait well i actually have two i have a i have an opener and a closer okay which i don't recall so we're just gonna improvise it again (laughs) all right (laughs) it's streaming it's streaming my family is missing missing there it is okay i do remember thanks for singing along (laughs) (laughs) Uh, nice 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 uh, Alex, in case you aren't aware, Anna spends most of our days in the office back when we worked in the same room improvising songs, and they usually have to do with the fact that her family is missing. Indeed. Um, and I can't, I can't find them. And they, she can't find them. Yeah. Can't find them at all. It's actually a real like, taken situation, except there's nobody with a particular set of skills. That's yeah, actually like a really sad situation. <laughs> true, true crime. Different. More like tune crime. Right, folks? Right. That's the fun thing crime. here. That's a nice Love thing it. to hear about. Yeah. I mean, we're <laughs> laughing, but my family is missing. So Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> we laugh not to cry. Yeah. So first off, shall we talk about anything uh, yes. around Mayor of Easttown before we get sure. to your Rex? It just ended. Mayor of Easttown just ended. Uh-huh. Guys, if you guys have not been watching Mayor of Easttown, you have sure been missing out. Mayor of Easttown has been a great <laughs> enjoyment towards the end of the pandemic, uh, you know? I've really mm-hmm. enjoyed watching Kate Winslet completely engross herself into this small town outside of Pittsburgh lady. Philadelphia. And, sure. It's Pennsylvania person. Yeah. yeah. Uh, small town Pennsylvania person where she vapes, she wears tall collars. What are those things called? Turtlenecks? Tall collars? Tall collars. Tall yeah. collars. Yeah. That's <laughs> Turtlenecks? And uh, walks around and drives an, a big old SUV because that's what it's mm-hmm. like to live in small town Pennsylvania. Great finale. Great show. My God. Why was Guy Pierce in it? Everyone's that's, asking. Right. That's. I don't even know if that's that should be considered a spoiler. And I got accused of spoiling something the other day. But And sorry for any spoilers. Spoilers if... if you Spoiler, Guy know. Pierce is in it. Guy Pierce <laughs> is in it, but I guess the question of why he's in it suggests, like, I assumed he was going to somehow play into the overall plot. Yeah. But he did not. I mean, mm. he kind of did, but, like, I, you know what? Yeah, let's not say anymore because it could be a spoiler. 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 My family My is, family is missing. missing. There it is. <laughs> Got another spoiler for you. Kate Winslet actually british so i did know that she was british however the experience (laughs) of going from having watched the full season without seeing her speak in any other accent to then there's like a after the Mm -hmm. finale interview and just like hearing her suddenly go posh on me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it was like i was i was shocked Mm -hmm. i was like acting is magic and also, we should not trust it. The actor who plays her, her daughter, also British. I was like, who are all these people? They're all British. Damn Brits. Yeah. It actually makes sense. Well, because the trouble is Philadelphia is fictional. So who do you cast? You <laughs> yeah. have to do British <laughs> people. Yeah. You have to do <laughs> right. Californians, I guess. I don't know who you find. but <laughs> I just assumed you cast a bunch of British people because they're like, the, that's like kind of the first, one of the first areas they colonized, you know? 
Yeah. Mm. I don't really know for sure, but Smart. you know. Oh, maybe. Yeah. But they're no. like, just bring them down. They get it. They could probably hit that Delco accent because it's kind of similar to what they used to talk like or whatever. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's <laughs> uh, linguists theorize that that was what the British accent sounded like. And the current British accent is fake. Uh, they're all faking it. It's just no, it's it just the accents just evolve. They just no, evolve over no, time. And I do think it. a part of it was like, okay, well, now that that place exists. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it is true. The the Br- original British accent sounded more like a Boston accent than it did what it sounds right. like now. Yeah. I'm not even joking. That's, that's, that's very real. That's very <laughs> real. And then they were like, God, these Bostonites are monsters. Let's talk a little like, like this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a little more Liverpool than I meant it to be. <laughs> they were all on Kyrie's side. Right. Uh, yeah. Just throwing water bottles at basketball players. Yeah. Right. There you go. <laughs> like, we don't roll like that. We're more like this now. Yeah. I can't do it. I'm sorry. I apologize. That sounded great. No, that was perfect. Dan's displeasure at your British accent was audible. I'm just going to no, no, right no, 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 no. I loved it. Do you not like this? I probably got love. I'm sorry. Uh, I apologize to everyone. Please don't cancel. <laughs> Alex, Daniel, did you guys watch Mayor? No. I think we're both going to say no. Yeah, but I, I did yeah. not watch it. I was catching up on Ted Lasso. That's what. That's what I. That was my streaming recently. I feel were we good. were we in like the same house or something? Same. Maybe. Did you just watch? It? It's great. I loved it. Fantastic. Yeah. Totally. Just thrilling. And very, very up my alley of like kindness wins out. That's just like mm. very heartwarming and winning and everybody does a great performance and you're still rooting for the bad guys at times. And it's like, you know what? I, this show is great. Wins me over entirely. Yeah, absolutely. Jokes are good. I also I grew up in the Midwest and also followed soccer as a kid because my, my best friend was from Italy. And so I like clued into everything. I just knew everything nice. that was going on all at once. Nice. Like That's the I best. was in both ponds, you know, it was great. Fantastic. Fantastic. I don't see uh, Ted Lasso on, on a streaming corner. Uh, no, so it's I w- not. ask you guys to shut up. About oh, it's not on my streaming corner. <laughs> I actually forbade anyone to speak about Ted Lasso. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I, I haven't watched it. I watched the first episode, but I never really got into it because everyone's so fucking nice. I was like, grow up. So I, I completely right skipped on. over it. But I have heard a lot of good things about it, and I probably will eventually go back. Yeah, no, that is definitely the show that I am most aware that I am missing and would love. Yeah. And oh, just love sheer it. inertia of the energy it takes to get into a new show mm. and mm. the mm. energy yeah. I do not have. <laughs> it's like it's fun in a way where the best character might be a guy who shows up like more than halfway through. Like there's so much going yeah. on. Like it's already good. And then new fun stuff all the time. Yep. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, again, know. we will cut that out because yeah. Please cut. Hey, Jack, not on the streaming please. corner. Yeah. I asked for one thing. I said no Ted Lasso talk. <laughs> Jack, get a hold of your show. What is take back control? Uh, all right. What what is uh, something you recommend? Another one of my stream choices would be Bo Burnham's Inside. Oh, now my oh. you know I don't love to promote tall white men. <laughs> let alone know, small insane. white men i hate it i don't i don't promote <laughs> white men but bo burnham what a talent i mean yeah. unbelievable this guy i can't i can't even i don't even know how to describe i'm I, I won't i'm not gonna give a lot away because he just does this like really great kind of 
deep dive into internet culture. And that's not even what I just said. It's not even remotely doing it justice. But he films an entire special inside one small room, which I'm assuming is like the back house to his like nice house. It's like a tiny room (laughs) with just like recording equipment and just, you know, filming equipment in it. So I really recommend it. It's on Netflix. A throwback to his early days. Sure. Yeah. I mean, actually, I've been a fan of Bo Burnham for years because I used to love his first show on MTV called Zach Stone's Gonna Be Famous or something like that. It's really (laughs) funny. I really recommend going back and watching it if Hmm. you guys ever uh, or if you missed it. Hilarious. I knew back then I was like, this kid, he's got it. And let me tell you, I was right. (laughs) So I really recommend it. Like, he's just so good. Like, Uh, He also, towards the end, like, you can see the pandemic is breaking him and working on this special is breaking him. And he's just very honest throughout all of it. And uh, I loved it. I really enjoyed it. And so, yeah, please uh, check that out. The podcast Good One just did a rerun. I don't usually listen to that one. It actually came on when I was doing something else. And I heard, like, it starts off with the bit of comedy that they are then going to do a deep dive into. I don't know why I'm like qualifying this and make it being like, I don't normally like it because it's a fine yeah. show and well done. But <laughs> this particular one was about the like Kanye remix part at the end of his last special. And it just gave me, again, like a, an appreciation for how brilliant that dude is. And also that he was having panic attacks like daily during that tour that ended mm-hmm. up producing like such a completely amazing piece of tent and then the panic attacks just led him to be like i'm just gonna go write a great movie about an eighth graders (laughs) experience yeah okay all right killing it (laughs) killing it that's he gets five five killing it from me (laughs) (laughs) that's my new rating system love it okay (laughs) my next recommendation is Actually, I'm, I'm a, we don't have a lot of time, so I'm only, I'm only going to give two more. Okay. I, actually, I'm going to do three more. You know what? <laughs> Live large, you know? Let's, let's go My for next it. recommendation is Flatbush Misdemeanors on Showtime. Ooh. Now, you might be like, huh? <laughs> um, but <laughs> You nailed it. it. It stars Dan Perlman and Kevin Iso, which actually, hilariously enough, I saw Kevin Iso back at Bridgetown Comedy Festival circa... 2014 and i literally walked up to him and said please give me your email i would love to book you guys eh, 10 for 10 out here i i'm killing it with this talent booking okay i just know who's hot i know who's hot baby okay i got my eye on the talent whatever (laughs) (laughs) 10 out of 10 killing it yeah that's right yeah yeah yeah. yeah, so he you know what (laughs) I'm going to give this show actually a four out of five killings it killings it's killings <laughs> because it. yeah. killings while I do think it's, it's really like funny and really well written and it's about two friends just kind of navigating their life in Flatbush. It's a little slow, but it's actually really I just enjoy it because it's funny. We got the return of Weebo. For, if you guys ever watched The Wire. Weebo? Oh, God. We bay. Did we I just bay. say we bo? Wow. Okay, we my bad. Did. That's okay. It's we. <laughs> it's we. <laughs> we bo. That's. Cool. <laughs> it's like a streaming eh? service or something. Well, Hassan Johnson, uh, who played We Bay, yeah, I really just said We bo. I'm I'm out. He returns. I haven't seen him in anything in a while, so it was actually great to see him pop up. Mm. And he's playing a a character that's uh, torturing these poor two guys. 
So yeah, I would I would recommend checking out. There's two episodes out so far on Showtime. You know, uh, I yeah, like I said, four out of five, killing it, killings it. Uh huh. Yep. Killing it. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Uh, another show I would recommend, which is on HBO Max, is the what's it called when each episode's about a different thing? Anthology. Anthology. Mm. Anthology. Anthology series called Jeopardy. I should have been on Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. What are anthologies, Alex? <laughs> uh, Jack, you can stop doing buzzer motions in the podcast. It's really <laughs> distracting. Every time I talk, I smack my keyboard. You did say, what is Generation Hustle? So technically you are out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so the show is called Generation Hustle. Every episode's about a different scammer, you know, who got away with what they were, well, not really got away with, but just like scammed people for a pretty long time before they were uh, called out and... The episode that really stood out to me is the WeWork episode because I do want to admit right now, Jack and I were accomplices to the WeWork scam. That's Why right, us? you guys. We worked out of a WeWork, Jack and I. Okay. Yes. We were there. We were putting money into this cult leader's pocket. We were there being like goose fraba with him or whatever it was. We were drinking <laughs> his fruit water. That's right. We were having their coffee. We were literally holding hands in circles and chanting. Not yep. really, but, you know, we basically were because we were there for a decent amount of time. So that's right. We're a part of the problem. Jack, admit it. I admit it fully. Okay, yeah, cool. I was so, the, yeah. Wow. All I needed was that uh, cucumber water, and I was like, <laughs> I, I will kill someone for you, bro. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> yeah, so it's basically, it's about how the founder basically, like, deified himself, and then turns out he was just, like, taking a ton of money out of the company and turned himself, for the most part, into a billionaire, and then, like, they tried to go public with an IPO and then all, they released all this information. Everyone's like, wait, no, I can't do that. And he was like, gotta go. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and it was a very culty environment and everything was very intense. And you had to go to like summer camps. Like, and if you couldn't go, you had to have like a written excuse from like a real, like, like a doctor as to why you couldn't go to a festival for the weekend for your WeWork company. Wow. It was very intense. I recommend. And there's a bunch of other scammers they cover. Uh, you know, if you're a fan of Scam Goddess, you know, you might enjoy learning about these other scammers. So, is it, it hosted out. by Lacey? I wish, honestly. HBO no, Max. There's no host. Get your head out of your ass, HBO Max. It's just done, you know, like narrative. No host. They just tell you what's going on. <laughs> yeah, quit being a blippy HBO Max. Cut it out. <laughs> Cut it oh out. Get your shit out of your friend's butt, oh my HBO Max. <laughs> so, the final show I want to talk about, which I personally think is the greatest show. I, I absolutely, Ooh. like, I love this show. Do I sh think it should have been created? Absolutely not. This show should have never <laughs> oh, been made. No. Absolutely. <laughs> Whoever was like, give this, 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 this person this show should be uh -oh. fired. But it is everything okay. I've ever wanted to see. It is Mark Wahlberg's Wall Street. Oh my oh, fucking wow. God. Are you oh, no. kidding me? The entire show is Mark Wahlberg being like, I'm busy. I don't have time for this. And that is it. That is it. The whole show is it. Look, I'm always doing stuff. Perfect. And that's it. <laughs> that is it. He's like, look, man, having a business is tough. And I'm busy. And you're like, what is going on? There's no, there's no rhyme or reason. He's just like, and here I am at a movie premiere. And here I am at a business meeting. Why are you filming these business meetings? This does not seem productive. You shouldn't really film these business meetings. It sounds like you guys are actually giving a lot of information away about your weird Wahlburgers <laughs> burger shop. But that's the show. 
And so he's just carrying wow. a Sharpie all the time because he needs to sign shit all the time, apparently. He signs, like, contracts with Sharpies, and then he signs, like, autographs. <laughs> and he, like, is, like, looking at photos of himself, like, shirtless, and he's like, wow. <laughs> oh, my you're God. Like, okay. I look amazing. <laughs> and, then, and then he's, like, only Sharpies. It's, like, 2.30 in the morning, and he's working out in a hotel room that they, they turn every hotel room he goes into into, like, his own personal gym. And it's, like, 2.30 in the morning, and he's like, oh, oh. <laughs> like working out and you're like what the fuck where do you get off acting like that at 2 30 in the morning in a hotel room in london like i don't give a shit if you're mark Wahlberg. people are sleeping oh my and uh no it's the greatest Man. show i've ever seen and i recommend it I, just, I don't know if you guys just want to see some straight nonsense check it out man all right I'm you it's called it's called mark Wahlberg's wall street yeah is it spelled how yeah. i think it's spelled yeah. how i think <laughs> Yes, yeah. exactly uh, there we what go. you think. There we go. And yeah, the, okay. uh, the opening credits are like him with it's not it's like animated, but it's like a a, a spray can, <laughs> just like on Wall Street, like the sign that's like Wall Street, like the street sign. Him just being like, ksh, yeah. ksh, ksh, putting an H over the other L, and then being like, oh, street, for God's sake. Ksh, 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 oh and you're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yes, his clothing just... line. His clothing line. I'm sure you can imagine what his clothing line is. It's just all jumpsuits. Oh, oh! I was trying to find a name, but yeah, great. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was, was going to say <laughs> all jumpsuits uh, without jumpsuit. shirts, aka pants. No, but Henleys, bro. <laughs> Henleys. <laughs> what do what do buff guys wear? Henleys. Duh. Of course. I should mention that uh, <laughs> earlier I cited the Wall Street Journal. I was citing the W A H L Street Journal. Uh, that's I have a subscription to. Yeah, that's why you kept saying "bro" in between every other <laughs> bro? word. Come on, bro. I think Justin's I will say. I think he's doing too much. I think he needs to scale it back. Like he's really mm. he's trying to expand this gym, but like low key, it's clear the gym, like the corporate part of the gym, is not interested in working with him. And it's like really awkward. You're like, why would you film and release this? <laughs> They're like, yeah, I don't know, Mark. Seems like we're really not willing to take that risk. And he's like, come on, man. I'm here. I'm ready to go. And they're like, yeah, no, I don't uh, No, We don't know about that. And yeah, he's like, ah, sure, oh, come sure. on. And you're like, is he going to beat up people to get what he wants? <laughs> it just makes no sense. It's a lot of things Perfect. where I'd be like, this doesn't make you look like a good businessman. Mm-hmm. Right. This makes Sounds it like look he's like a bad you're annoying. man. And he decided to make a show about the one thing he's really like average to bad at, yeah. which is a is the wrong business decision, which so yeah. it's kind of a self-fulfilling <laughs> thing. Yeah, I think it's absolutely, truly just funny. It's just so <laughs> silly. Like, you're just like, what? Why are you doing that? Like, they'll be like, yeah, Mark is so busy. <laughs> oh, what's that? He's filming a scene. <laughs> Well, right after that scene, he's got a business meeting. Like, literally, that's what it's like. You're like, what? That's too much. You need to relax. When do you get downtime? What? He doesn't? He's busy. Right. And that's the whole show. And I got to say, I won't stop watching. And I can't wait his till season two. His team's entire job is just frantically looking for business meetings they can stick him in just to make it him It does feel like that. <laughs> and he also has his entourage with him, which are like the same guys he's been hanging out with since the Funky Bunch or whatever. The it's entourage. like all the same dudes. Right. The yes, entourage. it is his entourage. Right. But it's all the Funky Bunch guys who are still like hanging out with him. And he's like, I, I only keep I keep the same friends for years. And they're just like a bunch of like dudes who just like stand behind him. And I'm like, this is everything. Rules. <laughs> everybody uh, needs their own turtle 
Yeah. <laughs> Except for there's no turtle-like guys at all. Well, they're all like ripped now. I'm sure. That's no, true. oh, that's yeah, the, they thick. all work out together. Like, yeah. and then he just like tortures the guys who aren't as strong as them. Like, come on, man, you can do it. You can do it. And the guy's like, no, right. I can't. And you're like, this <laughs> is it. Weak. Yep. Mark Wahlberg is the most Mark Wahlberg cut. person you ever thought Mark Wahlberg could be. So um, there you go. Sounds I about recommend. right. And that's been streaming, streaming. My family, My family is, is streaming. Missing. Oh, remakes. <laughs> well, thank you, Anna. Thank you, Alex, so much for being oh. here, man. Such a pleasure having you. It's a joy. Thank you, guys. Where can people uh, find you, follow you, hear you, all that good stuff? Yeah, I'm, I'm at Alex Schmitty on Twitter, alexschmitty.com, and I make the show secretly incredibly fascinating. And I, I hope you people check it out. It's a podcast about, yeah, every episode's about something that seems ordinary, and then we go into the history and science and lore of why it's amazing. So a bunch of research, tightly edited, and then and then funny guess. So, you know, yeah. look at the feed, see which one you like. Uh, you can search secretly. It usually comes up in the player or go to sifpod.fun because it's also the tagged. website can end in .fun. It's tagged in the footnotes, so you can also... Footnotes. Oh, footnotes. Yeah, thank you guys. Uh, and is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Yeah, this is a tweet from at Afraid of Wasps. So already great. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the entire tweet is guy who has only seen the boss baby watching his second movie, getting a lot of boss baby vibes from this. <laughs> That's <so> good. <laughs> oh, wonderful. <laughs> Daniel. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you for thank you for guest hosting today. Oh, geez. Yeah. Where can people uh, find you and follow you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at DJ underscore Daniel. I'm there every Wednesday and Sunday playing video games or Dungeons and Dragons or building computers, doing some doing something, something like that. And a tweet I like comes from the legend John Gabris. Wish iOS had a tap back that said, sorry, I texted you. I'm so high and forgot about time zones. Because <laughs> I have definitely texted people very late at night been like it's five in the morning over there you might even be just waking up like i'm not going to interrupt your sleep cycle i'm so sorry about that so shout out john gabris <laughs> at gabris on twitter yeah have sympathy for us we're i'm so <laughs> we're on the west coast we we're don't on the west coast i'm so sorry it's still late here and is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying i believe i just read it um and is there a tweet or some other work? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Get those cats off the prompter. Get them off of there. <laughs> Stupid cats. I was asking myself. Yeah, no, no, um, totally. I believe totally. it. Totally. Jack, what's a tweet that you've been enjoying? Uh, I'll go with this tweet from Noah Garfinkel, who tweeted, I want to Timothy. I want to Chalamet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> perfect. That's perfect. Uh, perfect. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page uh, and our website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes. Where we link off uh, to the information that we talked about in today's episode as well as a song that we recommend you go check out. Super producer Anna Hosnier. <sighs> Sorry. You, um, first of all, where can people <laughs> find you? And second of all, uh, do you have a song that you recommend people check out? Uh, yeah, I'm at Anna Hosnier on Twitter. I think I'm shadow banned. Shadow That's banned. just a thought. You're what? Yeah, I think because I was like, 
um, hacked and then suspended. And then oh. uh, I tweet about Palestine. So I think I'm shadow banned. Wow, I didn't mean to pick up an accent just then. So I don't know if you can see my tweets, but you can follow me at Anna Hosnier. Yeah, yeah. A great follow. There you go. And I would say the song I recommend for us to reach... Wait, what am I saying? The song <laughs> The song I recommend at the end <laughs> is Fouché. I don't know if I'm saying that wrong. It's F-O-U-S-H-E-E. And the song is called Deep End. It's just like a good vibe jam. I uh, just really feel it out. Just roll like, ooh. <laughs> and uh, I just enjoy it. I like nice, quiet music now because as I get older and, um, well, that's it, as I get older. <laughs> so Great. enjoy that. Fouché, uh, Fushi, Deep End. All right, we will link off to that in the footnotes. Uh, mm-hmm. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to y'all then. Bye.